She's passionate about the truth of God's word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is a best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 16 years, mom to four children, not to mention everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey, guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. Welcome back to a brand new, totally refurbished and refreshed podcast. I'm so happy you joined me today. I love that we are hearing from you guys. I love that you guys are loving the new show. Thank you for reaching out. I want to start with my opening thoughts for today. You know, our family is crazy, and it just seems like we have crazy things that happen to us all the time. And this Saturday was no different. My daughter was in a musical. And my husband and I are pulling into our garage and I open up my door to my car and a huge whiff of skunk overwhelmed me. And I sit there and I look at my husband and I'm like, do you smell that skunk? And he's like, oh, it's fine. Like my husband is so laid back. It's overwhelming. I mean, he like, like nothing rattles him. Thank God, because he's couldn't be more opposite than me. But I have this overwhelming sense that something is wrong because the skunk smell is more potent. So I look at my husband and I'm like, listen, I mean, it was 11 o'clock. The thing went really, really late. So I'm like, you're going to have to handle this. You're going to have to figure this out. I go in the house and my son and we're having a conversation with my son. We hear rattling and we're the three of us are standing there. We know it's not us that are doing the rattling. So I look at my husband and I'm like, there's a skunk in our garage. So he goes out to the garage, looks around, and sure enough, there is a skunk that has burrowed itself behind, you know, all the miscellaneous boxes that you have in your garage, which you don't even know what's in them, but they're there and they are residing and taking up space in your garage. Here we have a skunk problem because the skunk has not only just gone in there to get caught, it went into our garage to sort of, you know, hang out because it's cold. My husband comes in, he grabs my son, and he uses my son as a human shield so he doesn't get sprayed by the skunk. My son would get sprayed, which I found out much later. But they go into the garage, and it is like, you know, them versus the skunk. And I am happy to report that they did get the skunk out of our garage, and no one got sprayed. Uh, Our garage definitely got sprayed. It smelled absolutely terrible. It was as if they had conquered Goliath, the two of them. They were so happy because they had handled the problem. They had handled the issue. And I spent all day Sunday figuring out how in the world do you get skunk smell out of things? Like, what do you do? Like, this is not something that like a lot of people deal with. And I actually reached out to you guys via social media and it's hilarious. Some of the responses that we got, we got, and we got a lot of them. Everyone wanted to help me with the skunk smell and I really appreciate it. I can report to date that bleach actually does kill 
most of the skunk smell. It still smells a little skunky. And boiling vinegar, which I would never even think about, uh, neutralizes the smell in the house. So thank you for all your tips. I will say this. It brought me to uh, think about when something unexpected happens in our life. I think this entire year, I think it was just kind of a good metaphor of what has happened to our year. We have this nice garage and all of a sudden this gunk comes in and sprays its stuff all over it. You know, it couldn't just be like a raccoon that we could chew it out. Like it has to be something that would literally mess up not only our garage, but our entire house. I thought about this forever and I thought, you know what? This year has kind of been a skunk of a year and yet we're still standing. Now, does it still stink a little bit? Yeah, it sure does. But the Lord handles unexpected things that happen in our lives. He handles them. No matter how weird they are, no matter how destructive they can be, the Lord handles them for us. Sometimes we don't know how in the world we are going to handle what's been handed to us. But the Lord does know. The Lord does have that intelligence. The Lord does understand that we don't know how we're going to handle the unexpected things that he allows in our lives, but he does. And I I had to laugh at myself because, of course, we would get a skunk in our garage at the end of 2020, kind of like a good bookend. You know, we didn't know how to handle it. And then Eddie came in and he figured it out. And I want to let you know, this is kind of a funny little story, just to let you know that no matter what has been allowed in your life, God is working on it. He is working where we cannot see. He is working. He is in control. This year did not catch him by surprise. He does know the way forward. He does know the way onward. He does know. And, you know, he, in in, in a much, much uh, grander scale, will be victorious like Eddie and my son was against the skunk. So those are some of my opening thoughts today, a little weird window into my life. Hang with me. I've got a word for you right after this quick break. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Thank you guys so much for joining me back from the break. I am excited to bring this word to you just because I think it's so relevant to what we have dealt with this year. 
The title of what I want to talk to you guys about today is, Are You Searching for Jesus and He Isn't Where You Thought He Would Be? I want to jump directly into my passage of scripture for today, and I want to back it up because I feel like we have got a lot of people that are searching for a word from the Lord, or we're searching for some sort of comfort from the Lord, or we're searching for God's presence during this time. And a lot of you have reached out to me and said, I just can't seem to find it. I just can't seem to find where God is. I feel like I can't get in touch with him. Okay. I want you to know that you're not the only person that's had this problem. And I want to read directly from the Christmas story in Matthew. Okay. Matthew 2, 1 through 12. I want to read that. And then I want to go back and talk about this passage of scripture. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Hang with me. I'm on verse 7. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for this child. And when you have found him, report him to me, so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way, and the star, which they had seen in the east, went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell on the ground and worshiped him. Almost done. Last verse. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. I was moved by this story, and I was actually moved last year. I, I I studied up on this story a lot. God really drew me to the wise men, these magi that were from the East. We don't know a ton about them. They knew that they had seen a star, what they thought was a star, that was leading them to Jesus. Now, we don't know why they knew that. The scripture doesn't say that, that I have studied. I I can't find any. Of course, everyone has their own analysis on why they knew it was a star that was leading them to Jesus. But you think back in that time, you know, we have so many technical privileges during our day-to-day satellites and things like that. They didn't have any of that. Okay. They just knew because the Lord was guiding them that this, what they called a star could have been 
planets aligned, and I actually think it was planets aligned, was leading them to the Christ child. We know that these magi were from the east, okay? And they probably were Jews because they knew where to go to look for the king of the Jews. Jerusalem was the capital city for the Jews. So we know a little bit about them, but not much, okay? And what struck me as I have studied this passage of scripture is where they went to look for what the scriptures in that day called the king of the Jews, where to look for the Messiah. They went to the obvious yet wrong place. They went to the obvious place, which would have been Jerusalem. Of course, he's going to be in the palace with King Herod. Of course, King Herod is going to know about the king of the Jews being born. Of course, he's going to know that. They went to the obvious place to them, and yet it was the wrong place. This has stuck out to me so much because I think sometimes we go to the obvious place looking for a word from the Lord, and the Lord, you can't feel him, you can't see him, you don't get a word from him in the obvious place. Which to me is an invitation to go a little deeper in your journey with the Lord. You know, sometimes we go to church and, you know, I think we've all had those days where we go to church and we love our pastors. They are amazing. I'm married to a pastor. My dad's a pastor. My brother's a pastor. We're a long line of pastors. But sometimes you're looking for Jesus at church, maybe from your pastor, and he's just the messenger. God wants to take you on a little deeper personal journey with him. Sometimes we'll go to a trusted counselor in our life, like someone that we can go to for biblical advice. And maybe you go to them and you're like, listen, I'm having this problem. And the advice they give you just kind of falls flat and it's not what you need. Take that as an invitation to the Lord to go on a deeper journey with him. God is not found in obvious places. Now he can be, of course, of course we go to church. Of course we go to biblical counselors. And of course we do that. But sometimes in the Magi's place, in the Magi's, in their situation, they went to the obvious place and came up short. God wanted them to go on more of a journey to search for him in a place that they never would have expected him to be. I find this fascinating, you know, as we have seen our churches shut down and we've seen things go online. We've seen Facebook lives of churches and YouTube lives and, you know, all this virtual church and, you know, almost feels as if that privilege of going to church has been hijacked this year. And I was thinking about this because we all love church and we we need it. And the Bible says, do not forsake the assemblings of yourself together. Okay, so that's in the scripture. It's not a suggestion. It's in the scripture. But I thought about this year, how we go to the obvious place to hear from God. But what if God is doing something deeper in us? He wants to show us a different side of himself. That's more personal, but our journey has to be more resilient. It has to be more 
tenacious to develop something deeper with him that we ever had before 2020. I really think that this year is an invitation from the Lord to develop our hunt for the Lord, our tenacity for the Lord, our vigor for the Lord. And I think he wants to reveal himself to each and every one of us in our own personal ways. God has put us on a journey, just like he put the Magi on and they hunted. And in the obvious place, he was not found. And one of the things that the Magi did when they went to Jerusalem and met with Herod and they didn't find him is they did not go home and give up on finding Jesus. This is the problem with years like 2020 and huge trials and huge things that happen in our life. We look for the Lord in the obvious place and we just can't seem to find him. We can't seem to find hope. We can't seem to find his presence. We can't seem to find his spirit. We can't seem to find him in the obvious place. And so we turn around We go home and stop looking. This has happened to you this year. I am talking to someone that this happened to this year. There's been too much trial. Your search for Jesus, your search for finding his faithfulness, your search for finding his goodness, your search for finding his righteousness has fallen short. You cannot find it. And so you've given up. What if the Magi would have given up their hunt? You know, the Bible talks about, of course, Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, Elizabeth, Zacharias, and the Magi are kind of like the superstars of the story. The reason the Magi aren't included in being the superstars of the story, because they didn't stop until they found Jesus. And because they didn't stop until they found Jesus in Bethlehem and they met Mary and Joseph and they were able to give them the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, because they didn't stop, because they didn't turn around and go home, because the journey was long and seems as if it stopped at a dead end, because they continued to follow the star until they found exactly where Jesus was, they were one of the few that got to see Jesus as a newborn infant. And, you know, I know it's speculated they could have been up to two years old, to three years old. Like, I totally understand that. But they were one of the first because they didn't stop their search and they didn't turn around and go home. You know that Bethlehem is five miles away from Jerusalem. Five miles. Target is five miles from my house. Wouldn't it be a travesty If we go to the place that we think Jesus is and we just can't find him, we can't feel him, we don't see his presence, maybe we don't get the right counsel, we're following this star, we go to where we think that he should be, but he's just not there, and it takes a little bit more searching on our part. If the Magi would have gone home and used their gold, frankincense, and myrrh on themselves, it would have been one of the greatest travesties in the Christmas story because they were so close, five miles. They just had to dig a little bit deeper. They just had to journey a little bit further. It was so close, so close. 
I wonder where you are on this journey as we head into this final couple of weeks before Christmas. I wonder if you've searched and you've searched and you just can't seem to find Jesus. You just can't seem to feel him. You just can't find his faithfulness anywhere. I want to encourage you, do not give up the search. Do not give up the search. God is there even when you don't feel him. God is there even when you can't seem to find him. He is our Emmanuel. He is God with us. One of the other things I want to pull out of this passage about the Magi is that the star was only visible at night. Only visible at night. It's very interesting to me. They didn't travel during the day, which is when you would have been the safest to travel, especially on the back roads from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. But they didn't, they couldn't, they couldn't travel during the day. Why? Because the sun would come up and there would be no star. There would be no sense of guidance. The Magi had to travel at night. Why? Because at night, there was a clear direction of where to go. I think this is so fascinating as we look at our world today and, you know, maybe the trial that has overwhelmed you and you're just thinking, man, I just wish for a little bit of relief. But don't you understand that it's during those night seasons in our lives that the Lord seems to illuminate the path even more? It's fascinating to me that they could only travel at night because that's when the light was visible. I think finding, sensing, feeling, getting a word from, getting encouragement from the Lord is so much closer than you think it is. It's an invitation when you can't find him, when you go to the obvious yet wrong place to keep searching. Because it's in that searching that the Lord tells you and teaches you and shows you a deeper side to himself. I wonder if the Magi were shocked to see where the Messiah was in Bethlehem. Bethlehem was like a nothing. It was like a small, insignificant town. I can imagine the Magi coming in with their robes and their gold and frankincense and myrrh and their crowns. And, you know, in every nativity scene, we see that. We see them decked to the nines with what that they were wearing. I think, I wonder if they thought that their attire would make them more receivable by the Messiah. I wonder if they were shocked as they walked into that stable to see what they thought they needed to be in order to be received by the King of the Jews, the Messiah. You know, I think we all can take uh, some wisdom from that. You know, they were decked. They brought the best that they had in their gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You know that they were wealthy people. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been able to afford those kind of presents. You know they came in expecting to see something and dressed appropriately. And what they saw shocked them because he was in the least obvious place possible. They were dressed for a king. They were dressed to be received by a king. And he was a king but he wasn't what they thought. Sometimes we dress ourselves up with pomp and circumstance and we dress ourselves in 
a bunch of Christian words and a bunch of self-righteous behavior, expecting that we're more receivable to the Messiah. And yet, Jesus isn't like that. He takes you exactly, exactly how you are. You don't have to dress yourself up in self-righteousness or Christianese. You don't have to blow yourself up with how much you prayed in the last week. You don't have to tell tales of your faithfulness to God. We think sometimes we have to do that, just like the Magi. We're dressed up, I'm sure. And yet God sees right through that. Jesus, that night, he didn't see Magi. He saw three men, normal people, and received them. Have you been looking for Jesus? But he isn't where you thought he would be. Remember, I just said that they traveled at night. And they traveled at night in the dead of night with the star leading them because they knew that Jesus would be found if they didn't stop searching. I want to challenge you guys today in a confusing year where maybe you don't seem to find or feel the presence of the Lord. Search tenaciously until you get what you need from the Lord. Because the Bible says, I will be found by you, says the Lord in Jeremiah. And he is so ready to show you through this journey how amazing he is. He wants to take you deeper. I love you guys. I'll be back with a question right after the break. What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve rather than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of His reach to use and redeem all things for His purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab the biblical harlot and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get a copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the Books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey guys, I'm back with a question from you. I actually don't have a name for this question, but I know that you're out there. This question today is so relevant and we're all kind of feeling the same thing. During this weird time, I stopped going to my church because it stopped meeting. How do I find a new church when everything around me is virtual? Good question. What can I do to remain connected to God when my spiritual community is completely disconnected? Okay, so I'm a firm believer that we need to be meeting as a church. I'll just tell you that right now. If that's controversial, 
I really don't care. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourself together. That was not a suggestion. That was a very clear statement. I am not saying that we need to come together and sit on top of each other, especially if you are high risk, you need to take the precautions necessary. Church is so incredibly vitally important and we need to be around other people that are praising and worshiping God. We need that atmosphere for us. And so we looked and found several churches in our area that were still meeting. Now, we're not members of those churches, but we are the body of Christ. So I would encourage you in the first part of your question to find somewhere. Someone is meeting right now. And it's actually been pretty fascinating because we've been able to introduce our family to different churches, churches that we probably would not regularly attend just for style reasons and stuff like that, that are good, amazing Bible-believing churches that worship in a different way that we're accustomed to, that we have learned to appreciate during this year. I mean, it is amazing what the body of Christ is doing right now. So find some place. There is some place. That is the beauty and the diversity of the body of Christ. Find a place and go and sit and let your heart be encouraged by it. There is some place. Okay, we had to do some hunting, but we found it. The next part of your question is this, what can I do to remain connected to God when my spiritual community is completely disconnected? You know what? I really think just like I just talked about that God wants us to go directly to him. Like I said before the break about the Magi, this is an invitation to grow in God in a different way. It is an invitation because all of the luxuries that we have aren't as available to us. It is an invitation for us to go to a deeper level with the Lord. So yes, our church is shut down or your community disconnected. Absolutely. But just because you're disconnected from your spiritual community does not mean that you have to be disconnected from the Lord. I believe that this is an invitation for us to go straight to the Lord for our supply for us to go straight to him for our encouragement, for us to be even more in the word of God, I would say. I think God is revealing things to those that are seeking him, just like the Magi during this season. I think God is revealing things to believers that maybe he wouldn't have revealed if we were so caught up in the luxuries like going to a really nice building every single week with air conditioning and a beautiful worship band and beautiful this and beautiful that, I think is revealing things to a lot of people in the body of Christ right now that maybe we didn't know before. And I'll take myself for an example. Because this year has happened and everything is sort of changed temporarily, I will say that God has really been speaking to me about a spiritual gift that I have that I never really focused on before. I know that I have it. I know that I've had it for a long time. But my challenge to you today is go deeper with the Lord, okay? When he strips away the luxuries that we get in America, when he strips that stuff away, he's still there. He's still the same. Just because you're disconnected with your group does not mean that you have to be disconnected with the Lord. You might have to fight a little bit more for it. You might have to change your perception or expectation of how you're going to develop your relationship with the Lord, but maybe it's time to change that. Maybe that's what he's doing. 
So I love you. Thank you for this question. I hope this encouraged you. I love that you guys are joining me. You can email any questions to hello at autumnmiles.com. You can send us DMs on Instagram, Facebook. We love, 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 love to hear from you. We love to hear what God is doing in your life. And make sure you go subscribe to the podcast and give us a little review. But let us know that you're there. Share this with a friend. I know that so many people need major encouragement right now. And I know that God could use this to encourage them. So I love you guys so much. And I will see you next week for a fresh, brand new podcast right here. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show. (laughs) 